Hey there, and thanks for joining us for The Weekly Grind, a podcast where we work out the topics that shape and influence the culture, community, and church of today from a biblical perspective. I'm Ben, here with my pastor and good friend Chip. He's the lead pastor, and I'm the worship pastor at the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. Mark Pittman from the Community Pregnancy Center joins the podcast today to share a little bit about what the CPC is doing to promote life and health to those faced with difficult circumstances. This is The Weekly Grind. All right, well, this is a conversation that I've really been looking forward to for uh, quite a while, ever since we started talking about introducing a podcast and doing a weekly podcast covering um, current issues from a biblical perspective. Yeah. And some of the the best people I know are ones where that they identify an issue and then they also want to do something about it. And, and so today we're joined with uh, Mark Pittman from the CPC. And we we figured we might as well bring him in on the conversation, sure. but it's it's about abortion today, and this is a very heated topic right now. This is something that a lot of people are thinking about. It's been in the news quite a bit. There's been a lot of legislation on the state and federal levels about it, and really calling people to. Um, I think I think we're headed in a in a good direction with this because you know you th- we we've got states like Ohio that have taken a, a pretty strong stance on it with passing this heartbeat bill, but then you also have um, states like New York and some others that are that are really trying to push and go towards the other directions, but they're seeing a lot of resistance with that. And so um, so it's on the forefront. It's a topic that a lot of people are talking about, and yeah. so we thought it'd be good to talk about that today and bring a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of a, um, a perspective in with with Mark Pittman. So welcome to the yeah, podcast. It's a privilege yeah. to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, I think lines are being clearly drawn um, as this is uh, on the front page. Uh, when you yeah. click on, on your local news or your news source, um, it's there. And so I'm grateful that it's coming out to the forefront again. And I think before we uh, chat with Mark and allow him to kind of share his story and also what is happening in Northwest Ohio with this particular issue, I just wanted to remind us again, um, uh, a Christian mindset, a kingdom perspective with this. Because I think sometimes it's easy for me to assume that, yeah, Everybody understands why Christians take this position or why they're passionate about it. And um, I just want to remind us that the narrative of Scripture is obviously right at the beginning. We are introduced to the idea that God is the giver of life, um, the creator, and uh, that life is actually a sacred gift Mm -hmm. from God. Mm -hmm. I think in our world now of... Uh, even on the verge of cloning, um, of so many different things that we're able to do, it's easy for us to lose sight that all life comes from Him. Mm -hmm. We don't make anything. We're not the source. 
He's the source. And the scriptures uh, just very clearly right up front remind us, God is creator, God is giver of this sacred gift. And because he is the giver of this gift, it is valuable beyond what um, we can even probably grasp or comprehend. And uh, just reading through the, the Old Testament scriptures, there are so many references to this idea. I was thinking about Job. Um, so Job's one of the earliest um, people in all of scripture. Um, and Job early understood uh, in, in, in the book of Job. There's this verse that says, and Job says this, Did not God who made me in the womb make also them? Mm-hmm. Job understood early mm-hmm. on before Abraham and Moses and all that, that life comes from God mm-hmm. and that actually this life is begun in the womb of the mother. Mm-hmm. He had this understanding from God that life is started long before birth happens. Um, again, the psalmist, from birth I was cast on you, from my mother's womb you have been my God. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Psalm 139, the mm-hmm. one that we know, uh, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know them full well. Um, I think of Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, understood, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And so it's obvious as a Christ follower, as a kingdom citizen, that God is revealing to me that not only is he the creator and giver of life, but that life that he created started before birth. And that's why you hear this this phrase, this statement we make, often that the moment of conception is the moment life begins. Why? Because that's what God presents Mm -hmm. to us in his word, Mm -hmm. how he helps us to understand how this process works. And that's why Christians become passionate about this issue of abortion, because there's this constant, consistent realization that God creates life. Life begins before birth in the womb of the mother at the moment of conception, And we should value that life as we value all other lives. And, um, you know, 60 million lives Mm -hmm. now have been aborted since Roe v. Wade. Just in the United States. Just in the United Mm -hmm. States. And um, 60 million lives that God created, had plans and a purpose for. And as a Christ follower, as a kingdom citizen... I can clearly see this is a egregious sin in the heart of God and that I'm called to use my voice and my influence to take a stand, to take a stand against this worldly philosophy mm-hmm. that results in behavior that so clearly violates God's heart mm-hmm. and plans for this world. And so um, this is not just... Uh, a sideline issue. This isn't, to a Christian, this isn't just a political issue. 
This is mm-hmm. central to who we are, our understanding of life. Yeah, it's a theological issue for sure. Absolutely. Um, the fact that we're made in the image of God, that beauty from, from Genesis, we, we recognize the value, the pinnacle of his creation is human life. Um, and we, as his image bearers, are, are to be reflecting that. And it doesn't surprise us then that the evil one would seek and destroy and look to, to terminate yes. the very thing that would reflect the, the image creator God. Um, you're right. Without framing this issue from a biblical worldview, it's, it's, we can go in all sorts of directions. Um, and that really is fundamentally what it squares on is how do we view life? How do we view our thinking about life from the framework that, that God is our creator? He's given us definitively his word as the means of understanding how to view life and to live life. Um, and that becomes the playbook by which we should function and operate. That, in many cases, for the life of the believer, becomes almost secondary, sadly, because when the reality of an issue of an unplanned pregnancy is faced, Mm. it is now in front of me, I'm dealing with compelling issues that are inconvenient, not what I was expecting, not what I was wanting, not not any of that. So it it sidelines in some degree that God will forgive me if I just somehow take care of this problem in the moment and then I'll get back on track sort of idea. So the centrality of my theology and thinking through all of life's issues, including um, the reality of of my current situation, which may not be exactly where you, they want to be, Mm -hmm. but what do I do in those moments that would reflect the reality of my, uh, my theology? My faith. Sure. And so, um, You know, uh, obviously this is an issue that we would like for you to not only be aware of, but actively engaged in promoting the value of the lives that God's created. And so that's why you're here, Mark, today. Um, I've developed a relationship with Mark. I serve on the the board of the organization that Mark is the director of. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of confidence in not only Mark's life, but um, his passion for this. And I just wanted him to speak into our our uh, our lives today. Um, and Mark, I just kind of want you to share a little bit of your own personal story. Yeah. Because it's easy to say he's the director of this, and well, this guy's done this his whole life. But everyone he's, has, yeah. But I think understanding where you came from, sure, um, is really a key piece to understanding what you're doing and the passion you have. And how this has become um, central sure, to sure. your life calling and purpose. And so why don't you just share a little bit about yep. your story, yep. and then we're going to talk about what is happening in Northwest Ohio in regards to this issue and the organization that Mark is the uh, director of, and that is um, the CPC of Northwest Ohio. And I'll just let you talk about that sure, then, too. Sure, And kind I'll of... I'll do a uh, quick sort of flyover of sure. my story. Yeah. Um, I came to Christ when I was 16 years old uh, through my parents and really through reading of the scripture, um, came to the realization that I was outside of Christ. I was lost. I was broken, my sinfulness, um, and realizing the only redemptive hope I had was to believe by faith that Christ died for me. Um, and as a young man, I, I was very hungry at that point for biblical truth and biblical understanding. Um, as such as I was starting to grow and mature and become discipled, um, I wanted to go off to Bible school. So I went to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. 
um, graduated there. Um, and then I decided not so much about going into sort of full-time vocational Christian ministry work. I thought maybe I should be in the business world, probably not for the best of reasons, but that's the direction I went. I went back to school um, to Northern Illinois University, got a, a degree in business, um, and then started working in corporate America. Um, worked in the Chicagoland area for a number of years, and then we transitioned, my wife and I, to Northwestern Ohio. Um, and in that transition, um, I was working for a bank, um, doing investment work, and um, I was asked by the then director of the pregnancy center if I had interest in, be, in being on the board. And I did. I've always been sort of pro-life. Of course, the, the, the Bible would be very clear, as you've uh, accurately pointed out, um, the value of life. And so my initial involvement with the CPC was from a board perspective, and I was on the board for five, six years or so. Um, after uh, a number of years in corporate world here in Northwestern Ohio, I transitioned into pastoral ministry because I really be- believe that's where God was uh, taking me. So for probably the last 14, 15 years, I've been in pastoral ministries. Um, but five years ago, um, the director, the then director was uh, transitioning out. She was retiring. They were looking for someone. Um, and they asked me to, to step into that role. Um, and the, the passion that I had for life, the desire to, to be engaged in other people's lives, knowing the degree of effectiveness of ministry um, and whatever opportunities that God presents to you by seizing those and being a part of that kingdom work is, is, was just of significance and of value to me. And I wanted to be a part of that. So it's been an interesting ride. I've been five years in, in the executive director role. Um, it's been very good. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things, frankly, that when you love your job, when you love what you do, it's um, it's not laborsome, it's not burdensome, it's just really a delight and um, a privilege to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, I get opportunities to, to communicate the reality of what we do and, and it, from an administrative perspective, because largely what I'm doing is the administrative guy. The, the, the day-to-day, day-in, day-out medical things, um, I don't get so much of an opportunity to be a part of. Um, but it requires gifts of everyone within the context of an organization. Um, certainly that's how God designed the church. We, we're unified, we're one body, but we, uh, there are many members, many parts. And so not unlike any organization, parts doing different things. So, yeah. so it's safe to say that 30 years ago or 25 years ago or 20, I don't, I don't want to make you too old here, yeah. but um, this role was probably not on no, your radar at all. No, um, yeah, pastoral <laughs> ministries was never on the radar. Um, executive director, yeah, I, and I had I have been over time in director roles um, in various sort of capacities and nonprofit sort of worlds. Um, but it is interesting, I think, f- as we look back on life, how God sort of laid out things that we wouldn't have anticipated, yeah. we wouldn't have planned for, we wouldn't have really sort of said that's what we'll do. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's it's glorious because when you see fruit coming from ministry and kingdom work, you're just uh, blessed to be a part of that. And so certainly that would be true in this case. Yeah. So if you're driving through Napoleon <laughs> or maybe Defiance, yep. Brian, Wasion, yep. four centers. Um, uh, it's often that we all drive past yep. the uh, centers. And, and many may not even know where we're located. Yeah. And here's the thing. In many cases, you don't know of, of a social service agency per se, particularly if it's something that you're not necessarily engaged in or you don't need their services. You, you may not even know that they're there. Um, and I will oftentimes have that statement made. I, I didn't even know you were there. So, okay, well, let me 
tell you that we're there, one. Um, and then two, if there's a situation where either you or um, a friend of yours or a child of yours or a grandchild of yours is in need of our service in some sort of way, then we certainly want to make sure there's an awareness so you can right. come and use our services. Right. And the one in Napoleon is... Uh, is not a Chipotle. No. It, it sort of looks like one. I, I had a little bit of the heat coming down in terms of the, the building portion of it, but it is not a food rest, uh, restaurant. It is, yeah, so... So the CPC, talk about yes, it. Yes, glad, what is, glad what, to. Yeah, what is it? What are you guys so doing? So we are a social service agency, but it's not simply a social service agency for the sake of being a social service agency. Yeah. We're a Christian social service agency. So the intent of what we're doing is to try to point people redemptively back to the gospel. What does that mean? What does that look like? And using a series of events in their lives, an unplanned pregnancy or an STI, an STD, okay. um, or how do I deal with certain sexual related issues because in the context of what we do the, the larger piece is, is uh, behaviors or actions in light of some uh, intimacy or sexuality so we're helping them to think about um, what those issues look like and how can I make a wise choice in relationship to this unplanned yeah. situation so there are three major components of what we do um, we, we offer pregnancy related work. So about the time that uh, a, a woman misses her period, she's beginning to think she's been sexually active. She's beginning to think I might be pregnant in this situation. Um, she may go to the dollar store. She may pick up, um, a cheap pregnancy test, but she's trying to assess where I'm at. And then the issue is, okay, now what, if I am, what do I do? If I'm not, who? Thankful. Um, and so what's what am I supposed to be doing in light of, of where I'm finding myself? So to the degree that they are pregnant, so we're helping them assess a medical problem. We're, we're a medical clinic, yeah. and we're intending to answer the question definitively, am I pregnant, and is it a viable pregnancy? And so we're using not only pregnancy tests, professional tests, but we're also then using ultrasound technology as a medical piece of equipment to determine and assess whether or not they're pregnant and whether it's a viable pregnancy. So that's a major yeah. portion of what we're doing, answering a medical-related question. And then, of course, the whole issue of if I'm excited about that or I'm not excited about that, right. what am I doing in that? And so then there's the conversations going on, not in a manipulative, not in an arm-twisting way. What do I do with this? I can't do this. I don't have the support system. I don't have the financial resources. I just, I've never been a parent before. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so... Our staff is then coming alongside of them and helping them think through layer by layer by layer of what those issues are and the prevailing concerns that they have and how we can begin to address that. Or I have the father of a child who doesn't want this or mm -hmm. will leave me if I – or I have my father who will kill me if I go home and tell him. So there's just all of these sort of pressures that they have that we're trying to help them think about and helping them think about them in a way that you can do this. And terminating the pregnancy isn't the solution to the problem you're in. Two wrongs don't necessarily make a right. Yeah. So how am I thinking wisely about the next step so as to avoid... With grace and encouragement. With grace and, and encouragement, yes. And Without a doubt. Yeah, so the, the point is so not good. to point a finger at them yes. and blame them or to, to just simply say this is the fruit of the, of the sin that you have made. Yeah. It's talking to them in a loving way and coming alongside of them and helping them. We, we've all made mistakes. Yeah. And 
we need grace, and yeah. there is a God who is gracious when we confess our sins. And I think that's where the church has really um, maybe struggled or come yeah. up short in this conversation yeah. is not offering grace and pointing the finger right. and, and right. doing those things, condemning right. it. Right. And, and that's what I was just getting ready to say as I was listening to you, because I get a little bit of a peek behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. The, the staff that are at these centers, the way that they just embrace mm-hmm. and come alongside mm-hmm. um, people that come in in a nurturing, encouraging, mm-hmm. supportive way. Um, it's just phenomenal. Sure. You have somebody in your corner. You have somebody that right. is uh, really, really caring about your life and the circumstance you're in mm-hmm. and how you can navigate through that. And I, I think that's such an important piece of the centers. It's not just some sterile mm-hmm. medical environment, mm-hmm. right? But it is a Christian center that is compassionate, grace-filled and cares right. about right. people. Right. As our Lord. Yeah, absolutely. We should absolutely be engaging with people in a winsome loving way. We're speaking truth in love. We're we're needing to do that yeah. without a doubt, but at the same time not but and at the same time we're wanting to help them think and establish this relationship to to provide the resources that they in that moment think, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And so you can do this. Um, and so it's helping them think about the issue of life from the, the theological God created life. And then with that, the practical aspects of how am I tangibly going to get through this? So that's one of the portions that we do. It's, it's pregnancy-related. Um, and then to the degree that they're choosing life, how are we helping them with parenting skills? Because they may come from a dysfunctional family, and they don't know how to parent well. Um, they don't know what that looks like. So it's it's giving them classes. Everything's free that we're doing. It's free and confidential, every portion of our services. So we're providing these free classes, parenting classes for them, that while they're learning these things, they're earning these points. Those points are yeah. used then for the material items, the diapers, the crib the mattresses, the yeah. onesies, the formula, all the things that they're going to need that they may not be able to afford, those are given to them because they've earned it by virtue of taking these free classes. And so it's not just simply a handout. It really is a function of saying we earn this by virtue of taking these things that you would need, and then there are plenty of things here that you can use more specifically. And I think, um, and maybe you're going to touch, us in, touch on this in a moment, but just making sure... In that first aspect that's pregnancy-related, um, we give them an opportunity to uh, have an ultrasound mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. Um, seeing this life. Uh, that's an important piece, oh, without I think, a doubt. of what we do. Without a doubt. 80-plus um, percent, the, the numbers vary, but it's at least 80. Of those women who see... Um, in utero, what's going on. So this blob of tissue or whatever it is conceptually they thought about moves from a theoretical issue to the reality of what's going on. And when they begin to see the heartbeat and when they begin to see uh, fingers, toes, face, all of that, it begins to change the equation. And about at six weeks is when the heartbeat is detected. So about the time that they're recognizing that I may be pregnant, they're now at the point where they're beginning to see the heartbeat of this child. So all of that, I think, in God's providence is it works in a way, in a very f- visual sense, because it's it's on the screen. They're seeing this image yeah. um, that that now is within them. 
And that's a, and that's a game changer. Yeah. It really is. And so the whole issue of being medical and using ultrasound, um, limited obstetrical ultrasound for the purpose of, of assessing that is an important consideration and, and useful. Yeah. yeah. But beyond that... Um, so there are a couple of other things that we do beyond that. Um, we recognize that men and women uh, uh, will make sexual choices, and sometimes with that, there are STIs that are out there, that uh, STDs, sometimes they're referred, it's the same thing we're talking about, uh, disease, infection, sexual transmitted yeah. infection, um, just to clarify there. But... Um, in the process of being sexually active, to think that they might have something is an opportunity for us to test men and women at two of our centers, the Defiance and the uh, Defiance location. Defiance Brian, and Brian. Brian yeah. and Defiance, yeah. thank you, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, to have them tested for an STI um, and to be treated for that. At the same time, again, everything we're doing is a Christian-related organization. It's not the bait and switch. It's just the reality of them. We want them to think about making wise choices. And there are consequences with not making wise choices. And so to avoid them, there are certain things that we want them to consider. But it's also an opportunity for us to say, I want you to think about some bigger issues and that where does the gospel fit into this conversation? It's not intended to be awkward. It's not um, a difficult conversation. If the person just says, I don't want anything to do with that, thank you very much, um, then we sort of wrap it up and we we end it. But at least is a, a touch point to say, where does the gospel intersect in our lives on these sorts of issues? Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to introduce them to the personal work of Christ. So the, the pregnancy side, the STI piece, and then we also realize that there's an opportunity for us to have conversations with people before they come into the clinic before they recognize I might be pregnant or I might have an STI. Why aren't we talking about uh, these issues when they're junior high in high school? So preventative sorts of things. So we have um, a program called Project Respect where we're going into seven counties uh, in 75 schools and seeing over 5,000 students every year and talking to them in an age-appropriate way about sexual activity, about boundaries, about healthy relationships, about STIs, about pregnancy, um, sexting, pornography. So we're talking to them in a way that that helps them to be to recognize when you begin to make choices in these areas, there are corresponding consequences that aren't going to be as desirable or as pleasurable as you sometimes think that they would otherwise be. So talking and intersecting with them in that sort of way um, is a helpful piece. One more piece that I want to mention that we also do, if the statistic of one in three and maybe one in four women in America have had an abortion, you talked about the number of abortions, mm-hmm. but now we're dealing with the effects of that right. and for the healing that That's is right. necessary yeah. for women and men who have been a part of that. And with certain things going on in our culture and our world, with the movie Unplanned, for example, if you've seen that, that just will bring up a lot of these emotions in a way to go, wow, I'm just so grieved again over this issue in my life. So we offer an opportunity to sit down with somebody and talk about this issue in a very real way and to see and experience the healing of God in maybe a way that they haven't otherwise seen or experienced that. And so there is hope, there is healing, there's there's restitution that God affords us. That's what the cross is about. And so how are we helping them see that and frame this issue on the redemptive work of God in their life and to to, to talk about that? So so there's four, I guess, areas um, of, of work and ministry that we're actively engaged in. I'm glad you brought that up. I was thinking about that um, because I don't know uh, who might be viewing this, but um, uh, you know, we're talking about this issue of life, and maybe um, 
you've already made that choice in your past, and you realize uh, how um, bad of a choice that was. And maybe there's guilt, and um, healing is an important thing, and the gospel uh, offers forgiveness even in the midst right. of that. And, and I'm, I'm, I just think that's a, a holistic approach to what the kingdom's about. Sure. Is okay. And, and I've already been there, right? And you're not alone. That's right. That's the other yeah. piece. Um, part of the the program, or part part of the relationship in the conversations that go on, are with people who have gone down the same road, um, and have come through this in a way to recognize the healing and hope and, and the goodness of God, even in spite of that. So that's a piece I think that's oftentimes just good as well. We're not alone in our journey. There are others that can come alongside and who are at a different place by the goodness of God. And how can they speak some truth into my life? And how can I just move past a lot of these things or move through them? Not like you get over it sort of thing, but right. just to, in, a, in a much healthier place. Yeah. So um, just talk for a minute about just even last year, the activity that happened in, in the four centers yeah. in Northwest Ohio. Yeah, I think people would maybe be uh, astounded by the number of sort of people that we see on a regular basis. Last year, we saw over 3,200 or made over 3,200 appointments in four centers. Each of the respective centers are open two days a week. So um, 3,200 appointments, um, 2,400 walk-ins. People are going to get lost in the numbers, huh? Um, but, but, but two particular numbers that I think are, are helpful um, – 142 babies last year were born because of the involvement that we have had in their lives. So, I mean, we're, we're thrilled with that over the 33 years that we have been providing the service. There's over 5,300 babies that were born. Um, and so we're, we're delighted to know those statistics. Um, we, as I mentioned, we have opportunities to share the gospel. Um, so nearly 300 times we've done that and do that. We've, we've had 41 people make professions of faith last year. So we, we have people who are in the kingdom because of some level of involvement. That's not highlighting us. That, that's not the purpose for, for giving the statistic. It's just the, the idea that you can have a conversation with someone in any circumstance, even a troubling set of circumstances for them in the moment, about the redemptive hope of a God who loves them, cares for them, and um, is working things in ways that they would never have expected. And many come through this, and then they, they have their child. They're overjoyed. They w- couldn't imagine their life without this little yeah. one. And at the same time, they've come to know the Savior through it. So, again, what they thought was a major crisis on the front end, just in God's mercy and grace, ends up to be some of the sweetest things the that we've ever thing, experienced. Right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we're thrilled with that. Hmm. So, so you mentioned... Unplanned. Yep. That's something that's kind of been in the news. I haven't had a chance to see it to see it yet. Yep. But I know you have. Yeah. Um, and it, um, it's 
there's a lot of conversation around it right now. There is. It is interesting that over periods of time and in our culture, certain things will come to the forefront and um, be catalysts for us to think about an issue. How timely maybe. with all the legislation yeah, sure, and everything. Sure, with the Supreme Court issue, um, with the legislative issues going on in the respective states, um, then with two major movies, not only in plan, but Gosnell, it would be mm-hmm. another movie um, that troubling at best when you when you think about this issue. So there, there, I think forcing us to think about an issue, or at least providing the context, and not forcing anybody to go see it, but it at least brings up the issues of of what's going on here. And I think by and large we're sort of moving toward, particularly with the younger generation, moving toward the reality of this is a life. However, there's still plenty out there who would say, well, we'll, we'll concede that it's a life, but it's not a person. So they have this yeah. dualistic approach on how I can move forward with it, and even to in the late-term abortion to, to provide a termination of life, the ending of a life, because it just is someone else's decision. So so unplanned, um, We I got a call probably a month and a half ago just simply saying um, there's an organization in Toledo that wanted to pull together a number of pro-life agencies as a means of doing a pre-screening. So before the movie came out, mm-hmm. um, to, to provide an opportunity for people to, to go see it and to talk about it. And so we probably had amongst the five, six uh, agencies that were represented there, we probably had 550 people or so. But when you buy out the theater, you you get an opportunity to use the theater for other purposes. And so we spent some time on the front end to talk about the what you'll end up seeing in here uh, in the movie and the, the, the issues that will be maybe troubling to you. We had an opportunity to talk about those who maybe have gone through an abortion, and this is bringing up some raw emotions in the process and how you can work through some of those things with a number of groups here who have a post-abortive care. And so it's looking for ways that we can be of, of ministry use to people who are seeing this. And one of the things that these sorts of opportunities, these movies bring up is, is if I thought I was pro-life going into it, I think many people will have rethink that to say I'm definitely pro-life after seeing this because what ends up in plan in that particular movie, it just sort of unveils the curtain behind what goes on in Planned Parenthood, um, and the reality of, of the largest abortion provider in America. It, it gives the understanding of what really transpires behind the scene that they don't want you to know and yeah. um, don't want you to, to see. So you you have in Abby Johnson's story someone who is actively engaged uh, in a management responsibility at one of the centers. And so she understands what really transpires, and so she's just revealing her story, um, factual. And I, I imagine many of the pro-choice people, including certainly Planned Parenthood, would say this is just propaganda. This is just a means of... of the left sort of, or the right rather, um, just putting forth some ideas more than what really is, is the truth. So we've been accused of lying frequently and we're a fake center and we don't have medical doctors and we, those are just flat out untrue. Um, what we communicate, the medical profession, the physicians behind what we do are all board certified. It's all very clear and above board. Um, But the deception that would go on behind that is that we are somehow manipulating and they're forthright and candid. And so um, Unplanned, the movie, is, I think, um, a great opportunity for people to see really what's transpiring in a a visual way um, and in an emotional way. 
um, and um, in a way that just moves people toward the sense of, I can't be on the sideline on this issue. I have to be engaged because there's really, a human life is at, at stake. Yeah, there's, so, no, there's no room on the fence right, here. I mean, right. And, you know, I, I've, as I've watched this unfold over the last couple of weeks, too, just the opposition to this movie has reminded me mm-hmm. uh, just the different circumstances. And we can talk about mm-hmm. um, the, the whole Twitter thing and and, mm-hmm. and the classification as a rated R, R movie. movie yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it seems like there's definitely opposition to this. Right. Um, and I can't say clearly some of it, like, was it intentional or not. But there is definite opposition. I've definitely read where people are saying this is propaganda and this is a lie. Mm-hmm. And it's just reminded me that those who are advocates of pro-choice mm-hmm. are, they are strong voices. Mm-hmm. And as Christ followers, as pro-life uh, people who understand this is God's design, this is purpose, this is... Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be actively engaged. Mm-hmm. We can't be silent. Do you think it's a silent majority kind of thing? Most people. Well, it, it may be a function of people not necessarily knowing how they can be engaged. They they might yeah. be pro life. They would understand to some degree what the the Bible has to say in relationship to that. But just the reality of what does that mean? What for me? Um, um, and again, whether or not they have a daughter, whether or not they have a son who, I mean, there's just a lot of ways that potentially this could be an issue for them. Um, but in the here and now, what do I do? And maybe they don't feel comfortable going and picketing at, at a, an abortion clinic. Maybe they don't feel comfortable on, um, you know, a lot of different things, but there are things that they can do. So let me just, maybe if I can segue into what that might look like as a means of saying, so what are some realistic, tangible things that I can do? Certainly top of the list that I I always say to people is please pray, please pray for um, us, pray for this issue, pray that God's glory would be um, shown in, in the lives that we have some ability to intersect with, not just to us in the centers, this, the larger movement, and even praying that this movie mm-hmm. will have a degree of effectiveness on helping people to see this issue for really what it is. It's not about the movie. The movie is the conduit. The movie is the, the opportunity or the vehicle by which we can sort of give attention to it. But it's always coming back to the gospel. It's always coming back to the glory of God. It's always coming back to the centrality of Christ and his work. So uh, just to be praying that God would use circumstances, situations, opportunities, clinics, our clinics as a means of helping them. And so I think sometimes we can think prayer doesn't have a degree of effectiveness or that that's a simple sort of thing. I, you cannot underscore the reality and significance Absolutely. of the prayer piece for, pe- for people. Um, but that's not the only thing. Um, certainly pray. Also, there's an opportunity for you to be involved, people to be involved in the clinic. There are four clinics, uh, four different opportunities, and there's a lot of things that we do within within the clinics, whether that's helping to organize the material assistance room, whether that's being a receptionist at the front desk, whether that's coming alongside of a young woman who's in these issues and they just need to have some level of counsel. Maybe it's sitting within parenting classes and helping them understand what it means to parent. I've been a parent. Oh, I can do that. So, so and that sort of thing, there's, there's a ton of things. There's cleaning things that we need to have go on at the centers. If there are guys who are thinking there's outside work or there's hauling things sometimes, and I got a shed right now that needs to be hauled. So if somebody wants to like bring their trailer and hook up and move a shed, I'm all for it. Um, so again, there are just different things that we do. So, 
um, to have willing volunteers to help us do this. Functionally, I mean, here's the reality. Within a nonprofit ministry, we would not be able to do what we do if it meant that we had to pay every person who showed up. Absolutely. We, yeah. we just can't do that. But on top of that, I see I hear over and over and over and over again, people who end up choosing to volunteer walk away going, I have been far more blessed than whatever it is I had an opportunity to pour into the life of somebody else. And it's so true over and over again. So, and, and here's another thing that I, I, I just find so amazing. There is such what I would refer to as low-lying fruit. Maybe that's not the best of analogy, but I hope it just gives you the framework on which I say this. There's so many great opportunities for for people to to make a life-affirming decision and to come to Christ and to be decided. I mean, so if you're looking for an opportunity to have some effectiveness or kingdom there, it is just all over the place. You know, it's, it reminds me of Jesus's words: the the fields are ripened to harvest, and pray that the Lord of the harvest would would send forth harvesters. So that's certainly a part of it. Financial contributions, that's a piece. The reality is, is is we can't do that without. Um, I don't want to just highlight that uh, because sometimes you think, and they're just out for my my money. That's not it. It is something far bigger than that. But God has been incredibly good to us to provide the resources that we need financially. Um, so to, to be praying, to be looking for volunteer opportunities, to be financially contributing, um, and to be a vocal advocate for this issue of life, um, with people around you can be another way to, to promote. And I would just take a moment to say that we have people in this church at, mm-hmm. at the Nazarene church that are consistently and actively involved mm-hmm. in the center here in Napoleon. And, uh, you want to, uh, have to take out a little bit of time when you start to talk to them about how much they enjoy it. Um, yeah. If you if you yeah. start that conversation, yeah. yep. you better block out about yeah. ten minutes because it has been a tremendous blessing to them. Yeah. Something that it, it it has ceased to be. Oh, I go and do this. Mm-hmm. It's I get to do right. this and have mm-hmm. an impact. And the blessing that it's brought into my life right. is unmeasurable. I will tell you, um, whenever you have an opportunity to lead somebody to Christ, and, and God in His mercy allows you to be that link in the chain, if you will, uh, it, you just—it's such a an exuberance. And wow, wow! I I had not that it was contingent on me, but I just God allowed me the opportunity to be involved here. It's just huge, huge, huge. And whether that's you know the the last link or the first or the somewhere in between, it's just you are being used of God in a redemptive way to communicate His story and and to have an impact. Yeah, I think that's a great word, impact. Yeah, and this is an opportunity for you to have an impact yeah. on a uh, front lines mm-hmm. issue in our culture. Mm-hmm. And then just to get to love on people mm-hmm. and help people mm-hmm. in the middle of some difficult times mm-hmm. and circumstances. Mm-hmm. So this has been good. I've Thanks enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mark, you are, uh, you are uh, really being used by God and uh, we, uh, we're just grateful that you're around this area, and uh, I can't tell you um, enough that uh, we're grateful for the centers mm-hmm. and the salt mm-hmm. and the light it is in these four counties. Oh, and so um, if you want to be involved with this, uh, this is the guy to talk to. The centers are around. Uh, we can get you connected. Yeah. And, we'll put contact um, information, and yeah. show notes yeah. and things, yeah. and ways to get a hold of you as well. Yeah, but cool. And I think for me, the last point I would just like to remind you is use your voice mm. and use your influence. 
to mirror the values uh, that God has when it comes to life. And let's make this uh, a life-giving issue in our culture as we are kingdom people.